I'm Stefan Sittig, and welcome to American Theatre Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in American theatre. Janelle Lynn Randall is an actor, singer, and writer with an impressive resume of work on Broadway, off-Broadway, and at regional theatres across the country, including All Shook Up, the first national tour of Brooklyn the Musical, and playing Laurel in Dreamgirls at the Muni alongside Jennifer Holliday. In 2019, Janelle wrote, executive produced, and starred as Eartha Kitt in I Wanna Be Evil, The Eartha Kitt Story, performed at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. She is also the founder and producer, alongside Mildred Marie Langford, of the Always Working Reading Series, which started as the August Wilson Reading Series, a new initiative to create opportunities for actors of color with monthly readings of August Wilson's plays. Hi, Janelle. Hey. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great now that I'm talking to you. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I'm glad that you agreed to do this. Thank you. And um, Of course. You, I've been sort of watching you from afar. I mean, we've known each other for a long time, but uh, and we were... Uh, you know, we, we lived in the same city for a while and, yeah. and it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I've been watching you kind of from afar in your career. And I just thought it's been such an interesting career so far. And you've done such a, a wide uh, variety of things from singing to theater, to TV, movies. Uh, you are one of those performers that really does it all um, uh, in different ways. And I think that's fantastic. And those are the kinds of people you. that you're welcome that I like to have on, on American Theater Artists Online. So um, tell me a little bit about, for those that don't know you or don't know your story, tell me just briefly about your journey, sort of where you kind of started at and how you approach this business of theater and, and what your take is on it and how you kind of gone from there to sort of where you are now, you know, briefly, as briefly as you could be. It's a lot to tell, I'm sure. Yeah. So the truncated version is I was born in New Jersey, mm -hmm. South Jersey, oh, okay. about 30 minutes outside Philly. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually went to Freedom Theater with Wanye Mars from Boys to Men. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I went to a, a Catholic high school mm -hmm. in uh, Del Ran. I had one year at Glassboro State College, which is now called Rowan State University. Okay. Um, then I got into George Mason University, which is where I graduated with a BA in musical theater. Yes, go Patriots. And then I, yeah, and then after that, I moved to Richmond, which is how I know you. Yes. So I did some regional theater in Richmond to probably, I think, like two seasons. So maybe one, one and a half years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine who was actually my understudy at Theater 4, we were doing Beehive. Mm -hmm. She had a gig in Japan. She didn't want to go. She was getting married. She literally gave me, she hand-delivered me the job. Wow. She said, all you have to do is get your passport. <laughs> so, again, I'm trying to keep this short. So I got my passport. I went to Japan. I was supposed to be there six months. They liked me so much. They asked me to stay, and I ended up staying two years. Wow. So I was traveling around doing weddings and singing jazz for weddings and just any and everything, just singing. I was singing at a place called Soul Train Cafe. That was fun. Mm. Um, then I kind of got bored and I wasn't <laughs> becoming famous fast enough. Right. So I decided, well, um, 
since Mariah Carey has Japan on lock, I will move back to the States and I'll go to L.A. Right. So I went to L.A. for five years, couldn't get arrested. Huh. And I was doing a show that was that we thought was going to go to Broadway mm-hmm. and it didn't. And so my best friend now said, um, with your voice, you should go to New York. And I said, well, I don't like New York. I'm not a I'm an East Coaster, but I'm not a city New York person. Out. Right. And he said. Yes, but you're young, and with your voice, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. So that's all he needed to say. Within 30 days, I moved to New York. I was mm-hmm. in New York for eight years. The first two years were great. I got my first Broadway show. I was in uh, off-Broadway shows. I was in the first regional production of Memphis at wow. North Shore Music mm-hmm. Theater. And mm-hmm. then after my Broadway show closed, I couldn't get arrested. Hmm. So the next seven years, it was a lot of failed misses, um, hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss. And I didn't have a support system. I really didn't have any friends. Um, I, I probably had colleagues and I had people that I talked to in the line while I was waiting to get into these auditions, but I didn't have real friends. Right, it's not the same thing. And yeah. I, no, not the same thing. And so I was very discouraged. I had no money. Um, I had just recently broke up with somebody that I thought I was going to marry. So I was really depressed. And I said, if I'm going to live, I've got to move. And so I did a cruise ship contract. Um, That was great because I got my money back. Mm -hmm. I was doing well. But then I did another cruise ship contract. And I realized I'm spending more time away than I am in New York. Mm -hmm. And New York didn't know me. Broadway didn't know me. I wasn't being invited to things. And again, that just further added to my depression. Mm -hmm. So I started writing and I entered some contests and I got, I didn't win, but I was like second place or runner up and I was getting very close. And so I said, you know what? I'm moving back to LA. Mm -hmm. So 2011, I moved back to LA and that's where I live now. Wow. That is really, you've, uh, that is, there's a lot in there, right? And I'm sure if we wanted to yeah. unpack a lot of those little episodes, those chapters in there, that long saga. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I wanted to touch on something real quick before we go into anything else about yeah. how, how you just went ahead. Someone said, hey, you want to do this gig in Japan? You're like, yeah, I'll do that. That is yeah. something that I always saw in you, even when we were, you know, friends in Richmond. I saw that you were brave, that you were someone you know, who make me sit up here and cry on this Sunday Mother's Day. You know, Happy Mother's Day, right? No, but I mean, you were you are you're someone that's like okay, or not you know willing to take a risk, which I think is something that's super important in an artistic career because a lot but it's of super important. But you also, I found that I took more risks when I was younger because my motto at the time was for better or for worse. My motto was I'm good. I know what I'm doing. I am really good. And all I need is one person to discover me. So wherever I had to go, I went. And again, in the back of my head, all I thought was, I just need one person to hear me sing and see me and discover me. And then I'm I'm, I'm, out of here. You just need that break. I'm going to hit it. Yeah, you need a break. And so if it, yeah. yeah, so if it was Japan, it was Japan. If it mm-hmm. was New York, it was New York. If it was LA, it was wherever it was. And but so that that lack of fear, that lack of fear that you have, is something that I noticed on stage as well as off. So, and I oh think that is no, but I think that's something that that comes through. It, it, it's like I'll, I'll do it, sure, I'll, I'll go, yeah, yeah. And I think that that kind of being up for it is something that a lot of people have to kind of work up to. That's not really something they have naturally, or there's something holding them back. So I think, you know, yes, you're knowing, and you know, let's talk about your voice. Cause 
Um, I think that it's, it can be a blessing and a curse, right? For a performer, for an actor. The blessing is you got that voice and it's awesome and it's amazing. The curse can be what? That sometimes, it, did you feel it was a little limiting for you? That sometimes, oh, that's the girl that sings? Mm, no. No, um, at the time, again, you know, I'm, I'm a woman of a certain age. Mm-hmm. So this is before social media. Right. This is before Facebook. This is before IG. This is before Snapchat and all the stuff, the TikToks and all the stuff people are doing now. <laughs> so yeah. this was when you had to go to an open call and just show up. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was, um, you know, in my mind, I was the next Whitney Houston. Not really, of course, but that's what oh. I was told. Right. So I went on that because someone said that to me and, mm. and I was like, okay, all right. And so I think I carried myself that way. Mm. So in some ways it got me in some rooms because of my confidence. And I think I had the goods to back it up. Yeah. But in some ways I think it held me back because after a while I wasn't getting the gigs, but I was still thinking, but I'm good. I don't know why I'm not getting these gigs and why am I not? And I, and I, and then I, I actually went the other way and started thinking, Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Huh. And that's exactly when the business started shifting and, and American Idol was a thing. So now instead of peop- instead mm-hmm. of uh, producers wanting people with BAs in musical theater or have gone to Carnegie Mellon or whoever, wherever, yeah. they wanted a name. They mm-hmm. wanted somebody who had been on American Idol TV. or won the contest or right. whatever. And by that time, I was aged out. Right. So, Interesting. you know... Um, you, yeah, you missed so you missed that sort of pop idol moment that yeah. kind of happened. I know because you and I are the same age. We won't tell yeah. what age that is, but you and I are the same age. I think we we're born in the same year. And and I I, I always remember that you know the, 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 yeah that was that trend in the early two thousands where that started yeah. happening. And by then I you know you and I were already past sort of being the cutesy little teenager. Right. And so yeah, it's 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 I, I hear you. And then but you know you you you're kind of writing yourself off a little bit because Broadway was not that bad to you. You were in All Shook Up, right? The Chris yes. Chris Ashley directed that? Yes. That's a pretty good experience, right? I mean, it's good good thing to have, experience to have in your in your in your in your, you know, in your resume. And then Brooklyn the musical off Broadway or the first national tour of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a first national tour. They were really trying Brooklyn did mm-hmm. well on Broadway, but it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. It mm-hmm. was one of those um you had to go see it to believe it, and it mm-hmm. was fantastic when mm-hmm. you saw it. It was more artsy than 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 uh, mainstream. Sure. And so word of mouth was great, but the critics tore it apart. Sure. So it didn't do as well as I think they thought it was going to on Broadway, mm-hmm. and so they tried this tour. And again, it did well with word of mouth, but I think they had problems, you mm-hmm. know, selling tickets. And so it was sure. a short-lived first national tour, but it was. And I almost regret, I almost hate saying that it was a first national tour because but by default yeah. it was, but I don't think they were calling it that. They were really just kind of like touring it around just to, to see. you know. Yeah. You know, so it yeah. was a summer, a summer gig. I but, hear you. Um, and and yeah. you got to work with Jeff Calhoun. Was he the director on that? Yes. Wow. Uh, so that's, yes, yes, he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty, those are some pretty, his, I mean, those are big directors in musical theater. Yes. And it's interesting how you say, so you started off pretty strong and then, you know, that it, you, you got, you, you sort of, was it maybe being in New York that it's felt like maybe New York was not the place for you. So you had to find the place where you were comfortable. 
Well, you know, I, again, I, I still go back to I didn't have any type of support system. Right. So my parents at the time were living in, I think, uh, 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 Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't they weren't far, but they weren't close. You know, they weren't yeah. they weren't yeah. trained yeah. right away. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and the people that I met again, when you're in your 20s, maybe early 30s, you think everybody's your friend, but they're more colleagues than friends. And yeah. I didn't have someone to say which I have now, I didn't have someone to say, hang in there. Mm-hmm. If not yeah. this one, the next one. Support. And so I kept getting frustrated with being up for a role and it being between me and one other person. And that other person was always getting it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what I was doing, quote, wrong. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what do I need to shift? What do I need to change? And it probably was a mind shift. It, it, it could have mm-hmm. been a million things, but I just... And I think that the more I was, wasn't getting it, the more I was like determined, I'm going to get the next one and wasn't getting it. And then it just led me down a, a dark hole of, I hate this business. Like, you know what I mean? Like it it, it took me somewhere that I really didn't want to go. And I'll tell you the, the, the defining factor was one day I was doing a day job for this French bank, uh, over there by Rockefeller center Mm -hmm. and uh, a radio city musical. And, um, I was out for lunch and I was eating in the little square and I hear all this chanting and all these people like singing and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder what that was. And then I think that, I think this was the early days of the Facebook. I look on Facebook and I'm like, there was a, there was a black to Broadway. And it was basically all of the black stars that had, or or, or anyone that was African-American or person of color that was on Broadway at the time or had been on Broadway. They did a mass, um, uh, photo op hmm. in Times Square. Now, mind you, I was only a, th- a stone's throw. I was, I was at Rockefeller Center. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was at um, Radio City. Radio City. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I could hear mm-hmm. them. I could hear them. And what it said to me was, that's how close you are to this business. You you can hear the people cheering, but you're not involved, <laughs> boo. You're not in that number. Right. Nobody called you to tell you they were doing it. Because I'm an alumni. Right, I was right. in all shook up. I legitimately yeah. was on Broadway. Yeah, and you should have been in that group. Right. So I'm like, well, how come nobody told me about this? Right. None of my friends emailed me, texted me, sent hmm. up a smoke signal. I was pissed. Right. But more so than pissed, I was heartbroken. Sure. I was like, this this just proves to you, you're not in that community. Right. You didn't so feel like you not, had gotten into that if community. If you're not in that community, yeah. you got to go find your tribe. Your own community. And it ain't here in New York. So that's what literally, that's what made me Realistic. And oftentimes it's moments like that, right? You have an epiphany that suddenly comes after years of thinking why, you know. But um, yeah. you're, I also know that at, at the Muni, uh, you were in Dreamgirls with Jennifer Holiday. Now, what was that like working with Jennifer Holiday? Since you are a was interesting. singer who acts and, and performs and, and in musicals as well as singing in, you know, singing, just singing in, in shows and cabarets nightclubs how was that to work along someone who is similar her voice people know her for her voice that was interesting because i was actually living in la at the time mm-hmm. and i think it was my first summer there and it was 2012 and mm-hmm. um um uh, i had heard about it like i saw it on facebook i heard a friend of mine was doing it and i was like hey how do i get in that mm-hmm. and i was afraid to say that I wanted the job. And then mm-hmm. something said, Janelle, a closed mouth don't get fed. Mm-hmm. Those people are looking for a Laurel. And if they're looking for a Laurel, that means they're looking for you. And if you don't get chosen, it definitely won't be because you didn't open up your mouth and say, I'm available. Right. So I contacted the director 
who mm-hmm. I had already worked with. I did it in two thousand with Billy Porter, mm. Kingsley Legs, Keisha Lewis. Oh wow! Anita Harbor. Did I say Billy Porter? And you Billy did say Porter. Billy Porter. Say it twice, and, though. Cause. Yeah, did I say Billy Porter? I said Billy Porter. And he was um, Jimmy. Mm, and so I had already done it. That was in the ensemble, but I had already done it. So I knew that director. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I wrote him an email or text him or whatever. I knew the musical director. We had just done another Dream Girls up in Gateway in New York. Mm-hmm. And I emailed and texted him and sent him a smoke signal. And he said, yeah, they're looking. And then he goes, you're not going to believe this. I literally just gave your name to somebody before you even text me. Oh, meant to be. And I said, well, I said, let them know what I got to do. And then I don't remember if I had to send, I'm sure I had to send in a video or something. I don't know. Sure. Because you were in LA. You were in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So um, it was hotter than hell because it was St. Louis and it was (laughs) June, July. Yeah, outdoors. did it outdoors at the Muni and we did it with full on fur coats. Like we did the original choreography, the original sets, the original, some of the original costumes. We had on full on furs at the end of the act one. And that is such a big space to perform in. It's oh, a yeah. huge space, right? So you yeah. get really a, quite an interesting, unique experience there. Yeah. But so you got to work with Jennifer Holiday, and what did you have any chance to? I mean, because it's hard sometimes to meet people that you know are famous before you meet them, and then get to have to work with them. Uh, it could be a tricky, you know, tricky slope. So how was it? Was it was it something that worked for you, or, or did you learn anything from that experience? Or let's just say in the beginning, it was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had a great time. Okay, um, I made, you know, uh, a friends with um, the Dina, who I, I think her name was Demetria. Mm-hmm. We were we were two peas in a pod. We, we were inseparable. So I had a lot of fun. And there were a lot of people that I had already worked with. So it was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And Dreamgirls is literally one of the top three favorite shows I love doing. So well, I, mean, I could do I could do it. Until- anytime. Yeah, and it's a show for you, right? It's a show that works for your... Your your skills right. the way they're organized yes. right the different shows yes. work for different people so yes. so and I had done, and, and there were other people who had did it who had done it on Broadway mm-hmm. so they knew backstory and they knew all the, so it's it's, it's yeah. always a history lesson for me because the people will um, tell me what really went down when it was you know on Broadway or what you know mm-hmm. well child I know when we we had the, the, the such and such and such you know we had right. there was really a dog in that. Act. Like there was, it's just, it's always a history lesson. You got all the history in there. But I know that, you know, Jennifer Holiday is known for being one of the, you know, the song stylists in her own way in theater. But I know that you, when you sing, and you've already mentioned Whitney Houston, so I'll let you keep talking about that. But, but when, when you sing to me, I always hear a little Nancy Wilson. I hear a little Eartha Kitt, which we'll talk about later. Uh, But what have been some of your influences in, in singing? Because you clearly have, I mean, you have your own unique stamp, but what have those been some of them? Have there been others? Um, what do you think of when you're singing in terms of approaching a song or a lyric? So I always say that when I first started out, I was listening to Whitney and Mariah. Mm-hmm. And then um, my father was like, you know, I know you like them. And I remember, distinctly remember him taking me downstairs to the basement where all the mm-hmm. records were and the record player. And he's like, you know, I know you like them. You know, he was like, but I think you should listen to this one particular lady, Nancy Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think you just listen, just, just listen. 
And up until that time, I was doing all these competitions and I had a vocal coach and all they kept doing is have me doing this big Broadway belt. And I was singing songs like she works hard for the money, just just belting, mm -hmm. but not really knowing why. Right. And I really wasn't a riffer. I'm not I don't do a tons of riffs. And what I learned was that I'm more of a storyteller, mm. which is why I love Nancy Wilson so much. Yes. She's a song stylist and she tells stories. Absolutely. She's not a riffer. Mm -mm. And again, she's old school. God rest her soul. She's old yes. school. So, you know, you don't riff without a reason. Yes. Um, I don't come from the school of Beyonce. Mm -hmm. So, and no shade, as the kids say, no shade. But <laughs> I, if I'm going to riff, there's going to be a reason. Right. It, whether it be I forgot the word or not, you know, but there's going to be a reason. Practical and or so, emotional. One of the two. Right. And, and so my first, um, um, the first influence would have been Nancy Wilson Definitely Natalie Cole. Mm -hmm. um, um, Pop would be, of course, Whitney and Mariah. Yes. Um, Patty, Shaka Khan, mm. things like that. But I started, as I grew older, I started leaning more into jazz, which is not so much performance-based, but like I said, storytelling. I, and you do so, it so, I mean, I, I've, I've listened to a lot of clips, and like I said, I've been watching you, following your your career. I promise I'm not stalking. Uh, I have been, I have been listening. You go back, you're, you're your friends. <laughs> We don't call that stalking. No, that's right. I've known you for a long time. But uh, but I've been watching you and how you've developed your voice and watching some clips from now, from I remember you singing way back when. You were, that that precisely what you just described has sort of happened in that you've 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 gone from the, a lot of the vocal gymnastics, which you could do from Whitney and, and, and Mariah because you liked it and it was good. And that was trendy back then, let's face it, right? It was what people were doing to this jazzy acting first interpretation, which is yep. always, I, I'm so happy to see that because I think that gives you so much more. It fits your voice and it gives you more to do. Uh, and with that being said, so now you've, you've, you've written and, and put together, I, I'm assuming done almost all yourself, this new show about Eartha Kitt. Well, it's not that new now, it's been around for a while, but it's new for, you, for us. I Wanna Be Evil, the Eartha Kitt story. Yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, this, this, uh, I see a lot of parallels between the two of you. Uh, there are a lot of parallels. Yes. And it's funny because that's why I um, gravitate towards her and why I really, truly love her story. Um, people have been telling me a long time that I sounded like Eartha Kitt or that I had her mannerisms. And I just laughed it off. I never thought anything of it. The production then, of Once on This Island that you did playing Andrea. Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> it was that. like you were channeling a young Eartha Kit. I didn't you know, but, but it was I don't brilliant. Even think I even knew who no. was at that time. Well, I think I you knew, but you didn't know you were like, doing it. Right? Yes. So um, then, right around the time she was doing Nine on Broadway, mm. um, I think it probably was around. I don't know what year that was, mm. but a friend of mine that I had met during uh, Memphis up in North Shore, he was her assistant. Oh, and wow. he, um, and he, I would call his phone and I would leave messages as Eartha Kitt. And he would say, stop doing that. You're getting me in trouble. <laughs> and so, you know, again, I was having fun with it and I was doing these one-liners and I sure. made people laugh. And again, people kept saying, oh my God, you're so funny. You should do her. And I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like her singing voice. I'm not doing that. Skipping ahead another 10 years, <laughs> I started realizing you need to make your own content. Like this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so I started... I think it was like 2010, I did a Nancy Wilson show when I was doing it on cruise ships and doing it around and everything. And um, she actually called me on the phone. She had heard that I was doing and she wanted to make oh, wow. sure that I wasn't telling any private details of her life. And I assured <laughs> her that I wasn't. Right. Um, 
And then I kind of put that down Mm -hmm. and somebody, I don't remember who dared me. Oh, I know. I did Kiss Me Kate at the Pasadena Playhouse Mm -hmm. and somebody saw me reading her book and he said, I dare you to do it at the fringe. And I said, well, I'm not taking that there because I don't have the time to do that. I wasn't in the producer mode. I mm-hmm. I was still in the quote actor mode where I was expecting the phone to ring and somebody to give me a job. Instead of making your and, own right opportunity. Yeah, yeah, instead of doing it myself. And so again, skipping ahead like two years, maybe even more. Like, let's see, that was 2015. So let's mm-hmm. say skipping ahead four years, I decided, huh, I guess I better do that Earth the Kid thing at the Fringe. So in December, I went to a class. January, I was putting out feelers to see if anybody wanted to see it. By March, I wrote it. In June, I put it on. And I wrote it. I executive produced it. Mm. I starred in it. Mm. I did not direct myself. So I had a core team. I had my best friend who was a director, Mm -hmm. um, directed me. And then I put it out on Facebook. And I met a guy who said, I will help you produce it and when i say he helped produce it he you know i was doing all the marketing and the facebooking yeah and the it's exhausting and to do that. both yeah but he was doing stuff he was he was true producing doing stuff like hey she needs a shay's lounge let me go find it he oh, found it great like, like literally like on the corner and reupholstered it oh wow stuff yeah. like that like well, that's true producing absolutely the real yeah. and you it's hard as yeah. an actor to try you know the, writing your own material is one thing and putting together your own show is one thing the creative aspect of it but then having to put that show up on its legs and produce it that is a lot to ask of one person so I'm glad that you found someone to, to help you because um, you know you're tenacious and you're strong but but um, even that will kill a person yeah my gosh yeah. so and so the show when was the first time you performed the, the Earth of Kids it's been a while then you first you've been honing it it was last year last year okay but you've been honing it and perfecting it and is it a show it's not a one woman show am I right there no. are I have not seen the show I've seen clips but but there there are there are other characters in the show correct yeah so it started out being a three person show I wanted Eartha okay. Kit you know to be the central focus point mm-hmm. and I wanted two other men to help me tell her story and w- one of the reasons is because I didn't have any money to pay a whole bunch of people Mm. And two, the theater that I chose was very small, so we didn't have space to put a bunch of people. Mm. And three, I wanted to keep it contained, and I wanted to keep it the story very, very simple. Sure. So, uh, long story short, I wanted one black guy and one white guy to kind of tell the story of, you know, the black, um, like Sammy Davis Jr., Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. King Cole, mm-hmm. and all of the black men in her life, and then I wanted the white guy. You need the Orson Welles. Terms, but yeah. yeah, you need the Orson, Orson Welles. Welles and James Dean, yes. and you know. No, um, well, that was sort of like her life, and she sort of straddled both worlds, right? Because she always, she never felt like she fit in, right? Because right. she was she either both worlds because she was a mixed race, right? And she never felt like she fit in exactly. So that seems to make I was sense. Trying to, I was trying to. Um, I was trying to find an African-American guy that could be an actor, but also be my, my accompanist, my music director. Oh, sure. And everybody that I was calling was booked. So I couldn't find a black guy. And I was like, well, I'm not going to find, a, I'm not going to hire somebody to, 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 to play the piano and then hire another person to be in the show. Cause now, you know, I'm adding to my budget. So I was sure. like, okay, I won't, I won't, it'll be a two person show. Okay. So it literally became a two person show. I see. So that's the way it is now. It's a two-person show. That's the way we performed it, but right. then I've expanded it oh, to be a five-person show. Oh, wow. So so 
me, two white guys, and two black men. Okay. And do you do, um, so you've done it at the Fringe. This is at the LA Fringe, Hollywood Fringe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have you have any thoughts to try to get it to the New York Fringe? Or the Music Theater Fringe Festival, or the United well, Solo, or there's a lot of different places, I guess. Or is that not something? What do you what do what do you see as the future for this piece for you? I really want it to be on Broadway. Okay. With that said, everything has changed from the time that sure. you know from last year this time when I was very hot and I was getting all these great reviews and Broadway World was reviewing me and people mm -hmm. were like, "Oh my God, this is incredible!" And I'm not exaggerating. Like the reviews were out. I, 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 I was shocked mm -hmm. at how, how well it was received. Um, with that said, skipping ahead to the now and, you know, quarantine, mm -hmm. there is no Broadway right now. No, not and at all. And so the last six months, I was rewriting it to put it into the festivals and I missed the, I think I missed the New York Fringe. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was another one that I missed the deadline. And so there was a third called NAMP, National American Musical Theater festival new musical something like that mm -hmm. festival of new musicals and i just found out yesterday that i got declined oh so i was yeah i was bummed about that hmm. and i have my i have my theories why but that was supposed to be in october of this year so a couple mm -hmm. of months from now so who's to say what's going to even happen in october i mean we yeah you don't know this is a pause yeah everyone's on, on a pause right now but but what about you know if you look and i'm sure you've been watching Broadway and um, and I I myself have gone to see a lot of shows where you know the biopic you know the biopic or the bio musical not a pic because it's not a it's not a film but the bio musical is hot or was hot up until you know this quarantine um, the Tina Turner musical I saw the Don exactly. the Donna Summer musical I saw that one too uh, so yes. what you know this could fit in that in it's it's a little bit more intimate and it's a smaller. Uh, yes. show right now than, than those big productions which are you know uh, huge but um, but it seems to be trending right now and then you have the share which you know the share show right. that one that. yeah so obviously it's 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 in the drinking water of the people on Broadway and the producers are thinking of shows like this so you know right. you never know right what's going to happen and what we're going to be well, looking there's like two there's two things mm -hmm. one I think it's the time and when yeah. I'm pitching I always use the fact that you know they did Ain't You Proud the, the, mm -hmm. the Temptations Temptations which was wonderful uh, musical yes. they did um, you know Cher they yes. did uh, or, or you know Tina was on Broadway mm -hmm. until, until, until quarantine um um, I'm, I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, there's tons um, of them. The Mo, they did one called a show called Motown too that went through. It was a yeah, historical I mean, so view they of Motown. Yeah, definitely are doing yeah. the bio musical, yes. right? Yes. And so I always use that as a pitch. Like this is the time. Mm -hmm. And to, to be honest with you, they're telling more African American stories. So this is the time, right? Finally. So that's yes. what I use in my pitch. <laughs> yeah. The problem I think is that her estate is very tight clenched. Have you talked to her daughter? I have Kit talked to Shapiro. her daughter, I've met her daughter, and <laughs> yes. we have emailed and been in correspondence, Good. but I think it, I think she has, I think there's a production company that she's working with, sure. and they may have some things in the works, because it's funny, because yeah. she actually gave me the info for that production company, mm. and I'm thinking, listen, if in my mind I'm going, if she didn't want me to be involved, I mean, she if she didn't want me to know info. this production, yeah. she would have never given me this no. information and told me to reach out to them, right? Right. So... So maybe I reached out yeah. to them, but I never heard back. Huh. So again, I don't know what I don't know what the real quote, the real story is. It mm -hmm. may it may just be timing. It may just sure. not be the time yet 
Mm-hmm. And I'm yep. and and you know I'm waiting for the universe to catch up with my mind. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or you know, and I'm 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 gonna stick to that because sure. it's a good show. And if anybody has seen the clips, they'll 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 see. Wow, this girl really does. I won't say channel. I let I let somebody else say that. I won't say it. But I think I do a damn good. Um, and I won't say impersonation. No, I well, think I do a damn good job at being a Bertha kid. I'll you, just say that. You do, and I'm glad you say it, but I'll say it here too as, as a non... You know, I'm not really that biased. I watched it. Uh, I watched several of the clips, and if people go on, on, uh, it's on Vimeo, I think, or it's on YouTube. Yeah, uh, uh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, if you go on YouTube and just look up, um, you know, the, the name of the show, I Want to Be Evil, the Eartha Kit story. Right, uh, they can yeah. find, they can see that, and and just look up you online, Janelle Lynn Randall, and there there are clips of your work, and and it's so interesting to me what you do there, and you sing in French because you know Eartha Kitt, you got to do that, and you do all the different. Uh, there's a variety of the first songs that you do there, from I Wanna Be Evil to Santa Baby to all the 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 the, people, the ones that people know, but it, um you know I haven't seen the whole show, which I want to see, so you got to let me know next time. You know when all this is over and people are back to going to theaters, you need to tell me the next time you're doing this. I'll be following you and I got to keep track because I love Eartha Kitt and I love, um, I got to see her perform live uh, when in 2008 at the Warner Theater here in DC. And she was, I couldn't believe she was in her eighties. I couldn't believe, uh, I couldn't believe the energy that coming all the way down to the floor and getting all the way back up. Uh, I, Amazing. So you definitely capture, I think you capture her tenacity, her strong approach, and her flirtiness. And I think all that's in there. And the way you work the audience, too, is a very difficult thing to do. And she did it so well. And you do it very well, too, in the clips that I saw. So that's excellent. So obviously, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier about uh, when it's the right time and and feeling, you know, kind of understanding and maybe sometimes being ahead of of that curve and seeing it happen then later. But um, you've always been, I think, someone who's, who's been looking ahead and seeing things ahead of you and then you know when you want it you go for it and and yeah. and, and and you were saying that now there are more stories being told uh, about people of color about about people that aren't just you know white men and and I think that's important and it's all coming out and you're right about that and I think that um, your series that you started the always working reading series or used to be the to explain the story yeah. it used to be August Wilson readings what what is that yeah. series so I realized that even though I had a four-year degree uh, in theater, I we were never taught about the black playwrights. Yeah. So I knew of August Wilson, but I had never read any of his plays. I didn't know what they were. I mean, I couldn't probably name any of them past Fences. Right. And I was very upset at that. And so one, when Fences came out, I went and saw a, a screening and um, Denzel was and Viola were there. And when I left there, I was sobbing in the car. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is ridiculous that I'm actually black <laughs> and I don't know this man's work. Like, wow. how am I going to, if I was at a party and somebody mentioned one of his plays, I would not be able to have a conversation. And that saddened me. Sure. And so I said, I got to do something. So I was like, okay, well, Janelle, let's be honest. You're not going to sit here and read 10 of his plays. That, that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what's going to make you learn this man's work? Um, and I said, okay, well, I'll just have a, I'll have a, uh, I'll take his plays and I'll invite some of my friends over and we'll eat and we'll read and we'll cast each other and we'll read the play, you know, just in my living room and have fun and do it that way. Yeah. And I was in a acting class at the time. I still am, but uh, at the time it was a BGB studios in North mm-hmm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. and they heard that I was doing it and they needed more diversity 
and they said we want to do it at our in our studios so the place only held 50 people 50 chairs and so we started there and the next the, the and so we decided okay we're going to do all 10 plays in 10 months wow. and that's what we did so we started with gem of the ocean and we finished with radio golf because for those who, I mean, I, I think all my listeners know, but just in case anyone doesn't. So he wrote a play, August Wilson, who to me is one of the greatest playwrights, period. Uh, I don't care what color he is, uh, uh, it, to me, uh, from my approach. But um, the he wrote a play for every decade of the African-American yes. experience. So it's called The Century Cycle. Yes. And he wrote, oh, yes. So Jim of the Ocean, I want to say is like 1900s. Yes. And then, you know, go. I, I don't want to misquote them because I'll get them out of sequence. Yeah, I, I never can remember which is which, but I love the ones yeah. that I've seen so much. Yeah. And the, then it finishes with, uh, I think it's 1980, it finishes with a show called Radio Golf. Radio Golf, yeah. Yeah. No, and I think. So, and I so you've done them all. Have the, have you read them all or done them as? So you do them as readings, stage readings. So it was nothing but a stage reading. <coughs> so mm-hmm. nothing but actors, mm-hmm. a script, and a music stand. Mm. No costumes, no lights, no no bells and whistles. So no just the words. Not. That's it. Yeah, just the words. The script. Yeah, yeah, just the words. Yeah. And and you did that. You you managed to get through all ten. We went through all ten. Did you do that? We started in March, March, April, wow. May, June, July, every month. August, okay. October, yep. Wow. You know, I mean, and I know that. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you now? Didn't you after the quarantine and everything? You you moved online and you did a reading online of Gem of the Ocean, right? I think I well, saw that. We did it. Yeah. So I think that was April oh, last okay. month. We I started with Gem, and my 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 goal was I was going to do all ten again, one each. Let's mm-hmm. say every other week. So give me a week to do it, and wow. then give me the next week to read the next play, and Damn. then you know put That's on a the lot. like that every other week. But we only did Jim, and I got a little discouraged. I was so ma- mad at Zoom because we oh. tried to do Facebook Live, mm-hmm. and it would come on for like ten minutes and then disconnect. Oh. And I was so embarrassed. The technology. And yeah. with the technology, because I knew it was going through because my friends were texting me saying, hey, we see it, we see it. And then it would get disconnected. So again, here I am executive producing this thing in my living room by myself. So I'm right. on Facebook Live and all of a sudden it turned into a chat room and there were like 100 people there. So mm. I had to admit each person oh, and I had to I had to mute them as they came in the room because I didn't want any Zoom bombers. Sure. So... While I'm you were performing, script, right? <laughs> right. While we're, and I'm letting people in and out and muting them and doing it. Oh was my too god! Much. Oh I yeah. I was so mad at Zoom. I couldn't. I, I hardly stand it. <laughs> so did you decide you're going to move it uh, to another platform, or you're going to take reassess and take a step back and see? I'm going to reassess mm-hmm. because I have a day job, and yeah. quite honestly, well. just with everything going on, yeah. But I you was got trying to be, you know, still loyal to, my, to, to what's paying the bills and what's yeah. keeping the lights on. Thank sure, God. Sure. Uh, but also, you know, still wanting to have my creative, you know, thing on the side. Of course. Um, it may or may not. I may or may not pick it up. Um, okay. And I'll the, the reason more so than the Zoom debacle. Sure. But I'm actually entering the writing fellowships. Oh. So right now I'm in a writing class and I'm doing a bunch of rewrites to get myself up and ready for. Mm-hmm staffing season and getting into a writer's room and and all of that so i've kind of redirected my energies well you got to right when these things happen yeah. you've got to, and this is again your flexibility and your ability to go with the flow uh yeah. is what keeps you going right for you and this yeah. is not a trait everyone has janelle but i think the being able to to go okay well that didn't work well let me try this or this it wasn't is happening me joy yeah right it didn't make me happy 
happy when I got off of that call. I mean, everybody had a great time, and sure. I, got, you know, I saw some casting directors in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was an opportunity for me to email them, say thank you for coming in. And it was an impressive but, cast. You had a pretty, pretty good lineup there for for Gem of the Ocean. Yeah, I had some people that um, have done it. You know, on mm-hmm. Broadway, or yes. I had some people that had done it. You know, regionally mm-hmm. uh, under August influence, and mm-hmm. some people have already done all ten shows. So wow. You know, yeah. and a woman that I had known since Alabama Shakespeare Festival. I think we did that in like 2009. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely old friends of mine just said, hey, sign me up and let's 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 go. But for me personally, I didn't have any joy. It didn't sure. make me go. It didn't make me go. Oh, I can't wait to do the next one. Right. It and made me go. Uh, it's a lot of work right now. Right. And if it's not bringing me joy right now, I'm not doing it. Well, you know, and I think that's something that maybe over time you've 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 gotten into, and I have too. As you know, time is finite. We don't have. We you think when you're young, you have all the time in the world, and then you realize, yeah. oh wait, I don't have all the time in the world. So what do I want to spend my time doing? So absolutely, yep. and you've got to focus your energies where it's best for you. And what I I love yeah. the best about Gem of the Ocean, it's my it's actually my favorite of his plays that I've read, and I think it's because and that I've seen. I saw a production at Arena Stage years ago. What I love about it is that, you know, as as a person that's not African-American watching it, it really opened my eyes to, um, you know, you're free. Now what? Mm -hmm. That was sort of what the play said to me. And then I never thought of it as a, you know, as a white person, you don't always think, obviously, about, you know, oh, they're free. So what are they, you know, they're free now. So everyone, all the black people are free. So they should just go ahead and, you know, no, you're free, but you haven't had a whole, you know, it's like, what does the black community do now that they're free? But it's not that simple, just being free. Right. Now you got to go through all the, you know, getting everything, um, getting, getting yourself together, trying to get a, a career, a job, a, a livelihood. Yeah. Oh, it was just a devastating play. So I'm glad you did that one. And, and, and we'll see what happens from there. But, you know, as an artist of color, you know, w- what is your take on, you know, I know you've had your ups and downs and either, you know, um, and you said it's opening up, you feel, feel a little bit now. Do you think it's, it's a little bit better for artists of color? Because it's been so hard for so long to get heard and seen. Um, I do think it's opening up, but for where I am, again, I keep using the phrase, uh, woman of a certain age, mm-hmm. um, I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of peculiar because sometimes I find myself um, too young to play the mother, but, yeah. you know, but too, uh, too old to play the ingenue. Yeah. So I'm in a precarious type of middle ground where it's almost like somebody's got to write something specifically for me. Right. So you, you become the performer and the writer. You know. So you become the writer. That's what you oh, are. Right. <laughs> and right. producer. And so, yes. <laughs> and so there are black, you know, I'll just say black shows on, on Broadway right now or, or shows uh, that are leaning towards people of color. Sure. But again, it, it, uh, it's all about my type. Where do I fit? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. So, so I'm still finding out where do I fit? Where do I fit in? Sure. Well, we all are, are going through that, I guess, in different ways. But, but yeah. I, a lot of the African-American actors that are my friends that I've known for a while that I, that I talk to, a lot of them share with me that concern that, you know, even if there are more works being done, it's still, you know, there's a limitation sometimes put on you because... 
um, you can only play these kinds of roles that are written. Yes. Now, versus opening up, I think we're starting to see some of that, opening it up for that you can play any role you choose. So yeah, Dreamgirls is a great show for you, but why can't you do Annie Get Your Gun? Why can't you do, you know, there's nothing right. saying you can't be Annie Oakley. There's nothing saying you can't, you may not want to do it, that's a different story, but, but right. it, you know, but it, it, being able to open up that casting, being able to, to think, you know, Hamilton was a game changer, right? And that's what started, I think, um, people starting to, to see things differently, but at least on Broadway. But um, to, to that effect, do you have any projects that you have on hold? You've mentioned some already, you, that you're going in a different direction um, right now and thinking of different ways to harness your energy. Is there something in, on your list that you want to get done as soon as you can, soon? Um, I still, I'm putting the Eartha Kit project pseudo on hold. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of tabling it and trying to, you know, be ready when the time is right to go back to Broadway or off Broadway or just, or at least at the very minimum, getting it to New York. Sure. Um, because one, even if it was a house of, you know, 50 people, again, I still believe if the, if one person saw it and liked it, mm -hmm. word of mouth is going to travel. All Absolutely. I need is one person to like it. All I need is one executive producer. All I need mm -hmm. is one person to say, oh, my God, you've got to see this. Um, so I'm kind of tabling that. Um, but I've leaned into the writing. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing these days, again, is um, in quarantine already, I've written two sitcoms. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm, I'm in a class right now to write a drama pilot. So, um, so you're doing I a lot more writing now than now. Well, it, the, the times lend itself to it, right? That you, yeah. you have some time with well, your thoughts at home and, and you can write. I had done some writing back in 2006 when the show closed, mm -hmm. but, and I had come up with this idea and then I shopped it around and I pitched it and everybody, all the TV execs said, nobody wants to see a show about religion. Nobody wants to see a show about religion. And I kept saying, but it's not about religion. Hmm. And then a show came on TV that was, a, you know, mirrored, I'll just say mirrored the show that I had written. And then I realized, see, I was onto something. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't get it to the right people, but I was onto hmm. something. I did have a good idea, yeah. and, but I had gotten so discouraged that I put it down. I say all that to say that I've always been a writer. I just didn't know it. Uh -huh. And I always thought to myself, well, you're not really a writer because you haven't gotten paid for it. But if you write, you're a writer. And yeah. so, again, taking this time to hone in on, okay, let's see if you have the goods. Maybe you can get into a writer's room. Listen, I don't need to be in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. I can be an executive producer. I mm -hmm. can create content. I would love to be in circles with Mara Brackett-Keel, Ava mm -hmm. DuVernay, Lena Waithe, mm -hmm. uh, Issa Rae, Oprah, even, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, well, so I feel, I always felt that about, too. I always felt that about you, and I sense that from you, that you, you're, you're a great performer, you're wonderful on stage, and a singer, an actor, but you're okay being behind the scenes, too, and, and you kind of like that. You kind of like connecting people. You like, you like doing um, a lot of that work behind the scenes, too. You yeah. Know, the, the, the thoughtful stuff, the stuff that has to do with making decisions. You're, because you have a strong sense of you and you have a strong sense of what you want, that, those are the right kind of people to be on the other side of the table. Let me tell you, as someone who's choreographed many a show now, I can tell you, you want people in the creative team on that side of the table, not the performers, but the other side that really has an opinion and has and can make decisions. That's what leaders do. And you've always yeah. been a leader, Janelle, I think. And sometimes, let me tell you, as someone who used to be an actor and gave that up, it's hard to be an actor and be a leader. 
it's very hard because nobody wants to listen to the actors. Most of the time, people say, oh, that's just the actors. Be quiet. From tech to director to stage management to, you know, and they mean it well. And I get it. They're trying, yes. to keep, they're trying to keep order. But so it's hard to be an actor who has an opinion and who has right. strong ideas. It's very difficult sometimes unless you find the right, the right team. So I'm glad right. to hear that you're doing a lot of writing. And I'm glad to hear that you're on the other side of the table doing, you know, having a directing eye, having a... Uh, a writing eye, I think those things are going to be good for you. So um, tell me more about, uh, this is a little unrelated, but sort of not. <laughs> you mentioned going to Japan early on. I know personally, you know, I grew up in Rio and I know that you personally took a trip to Brazil, to Rio, uh, not that long ago, recently, I think, uh, mm -hmm. this, this past year, right? In 2019? It'll be a year in October. Oh, wow. And again, when I just heard that you went to Rio, I thought, why should you go into Rio? And then I guess, why not, right? This is part of, of you. Is you. Did you know someone there? Or did you just say, I'm nope. going to go list, learn and find? So what did you learn from Cidade Maravilhosa, as we call it, uh, growing up, the beautiful, the marvelous city? What did you learn about Rio? What did you like? Or what did you take from Rio, if anything? If you didn't like anything, don't tell me, because I love it. No, no, no. <laughs> just kidding. I, um, <laughs> just kidding. You know, as an actor, yeah. well, I'll just say, I'll speak for myself. Sure. I never had any money. And the mm -hmm. only traveling I did was if I was on a cruise ship, which was mm -hmm. great because I saw all of the Caribbean, nice. um, which which is fantastic. Yes. But and I actually I did a, a contract in the Mediterranean as well, so I mm. saw parts of Europe, which is nice. great. Yeah. Um, I probably saw some parts that I probably would never paid to go see on my own. Right. So with that said, I, I have a bucket list, mm -hmm. and the first top five places were South Africa, mm. Paris, London. Uh, Dubai, India, uh, and Rio and Cuba. Mm. And so I got this day job that pays me very well, mm -hmm. but it's not creative in any way. And mm. in the first year, I, did, I realized, what am I going to do with this new money? Mm. Well, I'm going to go, to, I'm going to start this bucket list. So in 2018, I went to Cuba. I had always wanted to go there. That mm -hmm. was great. Then I went for my birth, so I took myself for a week for my birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, and then last year, 2019, I decided, oh, well, the Cuba thing went well, so why not? <laughs> so I went to Rio um, by myself, just Airbnb. Oh. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a little, I wasn't afraid, mm -hmm. but I had people who were like, okay, you got, you know, the cash. And I thought to myself, <laughs> it's like any other city. Like, yes. you just have to look alert. You I was following. Alert. Don't look like you're. Don't look like you're lost. I was I mean, following your adventures on Facebook, uh, you know, a little bit because, you know, because I know Rio and I was there from yeah. the age of six to 18. So I, I grew up there. So I, I, I was following your adventures and, and laughing a bit at your comments back and forth with some of your American friends who'd never been to Rio who were, you know, understandably worried about you. But I thought to myself, oh, she'll be fine in Rio. There, there will, you didn't have any problems. Listen, did you? I lived in New York for 10 years. Exactly. Like, Yeah. But then I would get people would be like, yeah, but one time I got, you know, this yeah. happened to me. There were stories. Like, this yeah. is not a story. This actually happened. And I'm going, see, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, what the one school thought is you want to know everything so that you can be extra prepared. And then the other school thought is, well, I don't want to know that because I don't want, I don't, don't put that in my psyche. Don't, don't, don't put that in my head. But you're so a I woman, like you can carry yourself. Yeah. You're a woman with your wits about you. And when you walk down the street, I'm sure you're not, you know. Silly. You're smart and you know what you're doing. So I figured you were fine. But did you gain anything from the experience uh, culturally or musically? or a, what, what was your favorite thing? One thing before we, we wrap up, I want to know a little bit about what, what, what you gained as an artist from Rio, if anything. I just, you know, uh, anybody, any person of color is 
not necessarily one or the other, meaning, mm. you know, I'm not just African-American. With mm. African-American comes some other cultures as well. I mean, we did sure. uh, ancestry thing and then mm-hmm. found out that I have Irish in me. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I, I was actually secretly hoping that I was either Cuban or, 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 or Brazilian, but <laughs> right. that didn't happen. Okay. So with that said, um, I have a love of not only Cuban music, but um, samba and, mm-hmm. you know, Brazilian music. Sure. And a lot of Africans went to um, Brazil. Absolutely. That was, that was the first stop yes. off the boat, you know, mm-hmm. was Brazil. And um, so I had always been curious about the African influence on Brazil. And um, I'm not a historian or anything like no, that. But no. I just, just, just really it... wanted to experience the culture for myself. Yeah. And I couldn't find anybody that wanted to go. Or oh. who was serious about going. Sure. So I just went and just, you know, you. October is not the best time. I mean, it wasn't no. hot nor it wasn't cold. It mm-hmm. wasn't rainy. Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily beach weather. No. Um, but, it, you know, I didn't want to go and sit on the beach. I mean, hell, I live in L.A. I can go to the beach anytime. Absolutely. I really wanted to go and I wanted to samba dance. So yeah. that's the only thing I regret is that I wasn't able to get into one of the samba schools. You didn't get into – I thought you were trying to get – so you tried, but you weren't able to get in. I tried and one we actually rehearsals. went. And for oh. some reason, that particular night, sure. they had ended like an hour before we got oh. there. And, no, and, and wow. my driver didn't know. Wow. And so he was bummed because wow. he was like, you know, <laughs> going to wait with me and you're going to drive me sure. back. and. It wow. was, yeah, so I was bummed about that, but I, I am going to go back, maybe not to Rio, I think I want to go to um, uh, Bahia. Yes, to the Northeast, yeah, that's where yes, the biggest, the Afri- that's where the most African influence where can be a, seen, in yes, the food, yes, and the I'm culture, the music, yeah, to the Northeast, Bahia, uh, Salvador, Bahia, right. Salvador, uh, yes. Yes, uh, I've yes. never been, believe it or not, uh, you know, Brazil's a big country, people are like, how'd you never go here, how'd you never go to the... Oh, it's huge. Amazon. It's like it's like going to the Grand Canyon. If you live on the exactly. East Coast, when are you going to get to the Grand Canyon? So anyway, but listen, what I what I'm noticing, Janelle, you know, and as we talk, and those that don't know, you've probably heard this through, felt it through this interview. You are a, an adventurer. You are a person who's not scared to take risks. You are a person that, um, you know, if you got to do it, you're going to do it. And I think that that tenacity, that strength, that approach is is clear to your performing as well on stage and to all the other creative things you're doing as a writer, producer. Um, you know, everything you're doing on the other side of the table too. So um, I'll be watching. I'll continue to watch without being a stalker, I promise, <laughs> from afar. Stalker. <laughs> I know. And I'm sure others are too. And if anyone wants to follow you, you're on all the social media, right? It's on, you're on Facebook. On, I'm on Facebook. What else do you I'm, do? And the Eartha Kid is on Facebook yes. as well. Okay, she has her own page. I think the page is Eartha Still Slays, something like that. Something, <laughs> something fun. Like that. Something crazy like that. <laughs> but they can find um, it through your Instagram. page. Instagram. Okay. Instagram and Facebook, and it's Janelle Lynn Randall. So we'll be, you know, we'll all be following. My listeners will be following too to your career, and and we'll be keeping keeping in touch with you. And I'm so glad to hear of all the wonderful things you're doing. And I am I am gonna be watching because I know you'll be doing something. And as soon as this quarantine is lifted, I I, I want to come see you perform. All right, okay? all right, all right, all right. Thank you Thanks. so very much for this invite. Thank you, Janelle, for saying yes and for taking some time from your writing and all the other stuff you're doing right now. Do that. So you stay safe, okay? And take care and we will talk soon. Thank you so much and thanks to the listeners. Thank you. Bye. Bye.